0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there and welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. I want to be here for the next 30 minutes. Thanks so much for stopping by I really hope you can stick around for the entire show. This week, we're going to look at the Mass readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Here's the message. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. This show is going to be all about hearing and responding to the Lord that's what the that's when I read these readings for the the this particular um, Sunday mass, that's the message that came across loud and clear and you know it really is a two part message hearing and responding. So many times I can tell you as I look back over my life, I've heard God's message. I knew what he wanted me to do, but I didn't respond. And also there were times when i I, I heard and I thought, yeah, that sounds nice. And I didn't choose to not respond. You know, it just didn't happen. I just didn't do something to respond to the reading. So sometimes it's a little tricky. Sometimes it's not obvious how we should respond. But the first step is to be open to hearing the Lord speak. And then the next step is to respond in some way. We will look at these readings and then, you know, this is a this is a, a way to put it into practice. We're going to hear God speak to us through sacred scripture today. What how should we respond? That's going to be different for each one of us. So I can't tell you how to respond, but what I can tell you is that when you hear these readings today, you're called to respond in some way, in some way. It often starts out with a dialogue, having a dialogue with the Lord. Lord, I don't understand this. I find this confusing. I find this challenging. I find it unfair. That's a good initial response to hearing God's Word. Talk to Him about it. But then at that point, once you feel you've gotten your answers or you've, you've gotten it off your chest, you know, He's not going to always respond to you right away in an audible form. I mean, He's almost never going to respond in an audible way, you'll get feelings. You might have somebody tell you something. You might uh, some a thought might pop into your mind. That's generally how God responds after He's spoken through the readings, and you've you've asked Him questions. But then once you do, once you feel that you're clear on the message in the readings, then it's time. Then it's time to try to do something about it. So we're going to chat a little about that on today's program. So right now, before we get on, uh, before we get any further into the show. Let's turn to our Father in heaven, who is, by the way, waiting to speak to us. That's one way the Lord speaks to us, through sacred scripture. So God is going to speak to us today on the program. Let's turn to him in prayer, and I'm going to ask for his help in sending me the Holy Spirit so I can deliver the correct message, and that we can all respond in the way that would please him. So if you you would join me, I would appreciate it. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father in heaven, thank you once again for being with us. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to spend some time with you. You're you're very busy, but yet you always make time for us. We're very grateful for that. Father, we thank you. We thank you first for creating us. We thank you for providing for all of our needs. From the moment we were first conceived right up until the present time, we thank you for your willingness to make a place in heaven for us by sending your son Jesus into the world to suffer and to die for our sake so that we could one day live, Father, with you in heaven. We ask you, Father, to bless us and our loved ones, friends, Acquaintances, We lift up all those who have asked for our prayers All those for whom we maybe promised to pray But forgot that we promised to pray for them We lift them up We pray for all who don't know you, Father We pray for all who are Maybe on the wrong path Possibly heading Toward eternal damnation in hell We, we pray that you have mercy on them And allow them to realize the truth before it's too late. Father, I pray that you send your Spirit upon me today to guide my thoughts and my words for the remainder of the program so that I can deliver the message you would like me to deliver. And Father, I finally, I pray that you open up all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your message today and respond in a way that would please you. And as we always do, Father, we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much for praying with me today. Again, if you're just tuning in, my name is Gary Zimak. And I'm so pleased to be able to come to you once each week for 30 minutes as we look at the these particular Sunday Mass readings this week. We're focusing on the readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. And let's see, let's see where we stand. I'm pulling up my trusty calendar here. So this is the fourth Sunday and uh, we got about one, wow, we don't have much time left, do we? We until Lent until Lent. Nobody panic. <laughs> we have just about next Sunday is the fifth Sunday in ordinary time, followed by you got it the sixth Sunday in ordinary time. However, midweek during that week of the sixth Sunday in ordinary time is Ash Wednesday. Believe it or not, we are just about just about a two and a half weeks away from Lent from the great season of Lent. And because of that, I just wanted to remind you that I have a book that I wrote called Give Up Worry for Lent. I wrote the book a few years ago, and every year, God's been so good to me, the book has really been doing well. I would like to invite you, if you haven't, to pick up a copy of the book on my daily podcast, as well as my daily email reflection. I'm going to be sort of supplementing the book. The book is a daily devotional, if you're not familiar with it but I'm going to uh, provide some supplemental information so we could walk through Give Up Worry for Lent together. If you're interested in doing that, you can pick up a copy of the book by going to my website, followingthetruth.com. You can sign up for my email reflection, my daily email reflection, totally free of charge, by going to followingthetruth.com. And you can find out about my other other podcasts. In addition to this show, I do a five-minute podcast Monday through Fridays, you can find out about that, all by going to followingthetruth.com. And I really would love to have you join me on this Lenten journey. So if you're able, if you're interested, please head on over to followingthetruth.com, and let's see if we can't make it happen. Also at the website, you'll see where I'll be speaking during Lent. Lent's a busy time for me, and I'm going to be going really all over the country speaking, leading parish missions, giving a few talks, and uh, you can find out more by going to followingthetruth.com. And maybe if I'm in your area, we'll get to uh, we'll get to see one another, which would really be great. All right, let's take a look at these mass readings now. And I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to start with the gospel. Again, we're looking at the mass readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. The theme is hearing and responding to Jesus. The gospel comes from Mark chapter one, verses 21 through 28. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? i know who you are the holy one of god jesus rebuked him and said quiet come out of him the unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him all were amazed and asked one another what is this a new teaching with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him and his fame spread everywhere Throughout the whole region of Galilee. Now, we're going to see, this is just one reading, this is the gospel. We're going to look at the first reading, the responsorial psalm, and the second reading from Sunday's daily, Sunday's Mass, the fourth Sunday in ordinary time, and put them all together and see that this theme emerges of hearing and responding to the Lord. We see here an example of Jesus being able to speak with authority, driving out a demon as proof of the fact that he is who he says he is. Because, you know, you have to sell people on who you are, especially in the time of Jesus. Here he is claiming to be the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. People are skeptical. Some people refuse to believe him. They didn't think he was telling the truth. They thought he was just another man. Jesus often had to supplement his words with miracles, with acts of, um, in this case, deliverance. He had to prove to the people that he was who he said he was. But the point is here in this gospel, he's speaking with authority. This is God speaking To his people in a new way. You know, through a person, through someone, flesh and blood, a human being who also happened to be divine, but he was speaking to the people. Let's look at the first reading. And this is from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. And see if you can see see if you can understand or begin to see how this theme fits together of hearing and responding to the Lord. Moses spoke to all the people saying, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. To him you shall listen. Now you see, ultimately, Moses is prophesying or talking about Jesus, prophet like me. Will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin? To him shall you listen. This is what Moses is saying to the people. This is exactly what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of assembly, when you said, let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, lest we die. And the Lord said to me, this was well said, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kin, and will put my words into his mouth. He shall tell them all that I command him. Whoever will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. But if a prophet presumes to speak in my name, an oracle that I have not commanded him to speak, or speaks in the name of other gods, he shall die. You know, there's been a lot of false prophets over the years. And that's what this—that's the principle that the Lord God is establishing here. That if somebody's going to claim to speak in my name, they better be speaking the truth or else it's not going to end well for them. Ultimately, when Jesus spoke, the Father was speaking through him. And you know, there were many prophets over the years who would be the go-between, the go-between between God and the people. The last of the Old Testament prophets was John the Baptist. After that, prophets weren't needed because Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Word made flesh, the ultimate prophet, the ultimate messenger from the Lord, he had arrived, and after Jesus There is nothing else that needs to be said. He has given us the full revelation of the Father. Now, it's going to be, it it has taken 2,000 years, and it's going to continue to take many more years for this revelation of the Father to be completely unpacked. We're never going to fully be able to understand God because He's too big. That's why the church will sometimes clarify certain positions or, maybe elaborate or take it to a new level, you know, an explanation of a doctrine that was previously a little difficult to understand. So this constant um, this constant uh, unpacking of God's Word, that's going to be going on until the end of time. But God here, speaking through Moses, is warning the people, is telling them, you're going to get a prophet, you're going to get an ultimate prophet one day. And he's going to deliver my message. And that's why it's so cool to hear what Jesus said. If you have seen me, he was talking to Philip, one of the apostles. If you've seen me, Philip, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus through the Gospels primarily, and when we hear his words, God the Father is speaking to us. And, you know, understand that prior to the arrival of Jesus, prior to his birth, God was sort of mysterious and distant. The people couldn't quite know him that well because they couldn't see him. And now Jesus appears in the flesh and everything's different. But the Father here in this first reading from the book of Deuteronomy is really setting up this or establishing this principle that I'm going to be speaking through somebody one day to a lesser degree through all of the prophets But one day, ultimately, he doesn't come out and exactly say it here, but ultimately, one day, through Jesus Christ, the Father is going to speak the truth, the full truth. We can hear him by reading the Gospels. Are we going to respond then? You know, it's not just hearing. It's hearing and responding, which takes us to the respons- responsorial psalm, Psalm 95. This is a very popular one. I kind of like this one. It's one that I've um, become very familiar with over the years, and it brings me comfort. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. You know, obviously when you go to to Mass, that's the ultimate act of going into the presence of the Lord. But also when, you know, if you remember when we started this program and I talked about let's put ourselves in the presence of God the Father because we want to talk to him. Right there, we have the capability of doing that wherever we are. Anytime we want to recognize or put ourselves in God's presence, we really don't have to put ourselves in His presence because He's with us. We have to make ourselves aware of the fact that He's with us. But He's he's available to us all the time. And that's an incredibly great blessing, especially if you're someone who is struggling. Maybe you can't sleep at night. Your Heavenly Father is with you. You don't have to seek Him out. He's there. All you need to do is speak with Him. And that, in itself, is reason to rejoice. Let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Yeah, because He's with us. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. You know, I think it's important to recognize the fact that we were created by Almighty God. We didn't create ourselves. We had nothing to do with it. But we got here... Because God loved us so much. He loved us literally into existence. Man, that's something to be really happy about. For he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. One of the ways he guides us is by speaking to us through sacred scripture, through the teaching of the church. This is the way the Lord guides us. He's really telling us what's good for us. You know, sometimes we think, well, he's only telling us things that we can't do. That way he wants to take our fun away. I mean, you might not explicitly think that, but that thought can cross our minds at times. No, what he's doing is telling us what's going to make us happy. You know, I deal with a lot of people who are stressed because I write so much on overcoming worry. I meet a lot of people and I hear from a lot of people who are struggling, who are unhappy, who are looking for some relief. And the good thing is, the Lord speaks to us constantly through scriptures, telling us, if you want peace, this is what you need to do. It's a great message. Uh, back to the psalm. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Now listen to this part. Harden not your hearts, as at Meribah, as in the days of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works that is a very, that's a that can be an upsetting verse right there because the father was talking about the, the Israelites who tested him who tempted him and tested him even though they had seen my works you know for all of us sometimes we question a situation that we're going through oh god can't fix this this is uh, I'm, I'm so worried about this but yet when we look back, we see examples of miracle after miracle after miracle of how God came through for his people. And if we look hard enough, we're going to find occasions in our own lives where he absolutely came for us, came through for us. We've seen him work. We've seen him in action, whether it's through the scriptures or through our own lives. And the mere fact that we're alive means that he has provided for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived. So we've got enough evidence to have confidence in God's provision, right? So when we don't do it, that's not a good thing to, you know, that's not a good practice. And, and if we do find ourselves worrying about the future, it's always good to first recognize, okay, this is not, this is not good. This is, something's wrong here because, because as a Christian, I should know about God, about his providence, about him sending his son into the world, about all the miracles that we've seen in the pages of the Bible. So I should not be afraid that he's not going to take care of me in the future. And anyway, you know, this is a long process. This is a lifelong process. Some of us who tend to be anxious, we struggle with this. But we want We don't want to just stay there. And I've heard people tell me, it always drives me crazy when I hear this, and they laugh about it. You know, I speak a lot about worry. And as someone who has gone through some serious bouts with anxiety, and I see members of my family really struggling, really struggling, with anxiety and fear, so it's a it's a painful. It's not a laughing matter. You know, sometimes when I speak, I'll I'll joke around a little bit, but I'll always get back to it, the fact that I understand the agony, the hopelessness that goes along with excessive fear and anxiety. Sometimes, so when people say to me, almost like a joke in a joking way, and I every now and then I'll, I'll run into this. Oh, everybody worries. Oh, don't worry about this. This is serious business. Because Jesus told us, remember, the same Jesus who the Father said, "I'm going to raise up a, the ultimate prophet for you who will speak in my name." When Jesus said, "Do not worry." When Jesus said, "Ask your Father for what you need." And then we are we find ourselves worrying and not asking God for what we need and panicking. Well, We're not doing what Jesus is telling us to do, and we should be concerned about that. Remember that responsorial psalm, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Well, Jesus is saying a lot of things to us, including do not worry, trust that your Father will provide, and what do we do? Sometimes we don't pay attention to that. Now again, this is a process. You're not going to change the way you feel overnight, or the way you behave, or the way you respond to fear. And sometimes... Professional help is needed, and I would encourage you to do that. You know, if you're praying about this, if you're trying with the Lord's help to overcome your anxiety and you're not getting any better, absolutely seek some help. Talk to a therapist, and at times, medication is necessary. I don't believe in going to the medication first because then you're just going to get yourself to feel better. You take a pill, and you're probably not going to work on your relationship with the Lord, but once you get the relationship down, absolutely it's fine to seek professional help. But don't just accept the fact that, oh, everybody worries. No, Jesus said don't worry. You know, you can't change the way you feel. You can't take the fear away, but you can choose the, the way you respond to it. Worry is a decision. It's not a feeling. We can also respond to, pray, to, to fear through prayer which is a much better response. Let me go to the second reading before I run out of time. I'm getting carried away here. Second reading, St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 32 through 35. And this is funny because I read these beforehand, but I didn't expect to go into that big discussion about anxiety. Paul starts with this, brothers and sisters, I should like you to be free from anxieties. Yeah, (laughs) An an unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is anxious about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy in both body and spirit. A married woman, on the other hand, is anxious about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am telling you this for your own benefit, not to impose a restraint on you, but for the sake of propriety and adherence to the Lord without distraction. Let me just distill this down into the central message. A lot of details here, but that very first verse, I should like you to be free of anxieties. Understand that all of Scripture... Is inspired by God. So this is God speaking. God is saying to you and I right now, I want you to be free of anxieties. Therefore what? Therefore it's possible. Here's an example, hearing and responding to God's Word. So right here, what would the response be? The response would be, thank you God for speaking through the writings of St. Paul, for telling me you want me to be free from anxieties. And then what, 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 what would another good response be? Please help me. Please help me. Please speak to me. And then when you look at the gospel in the first reading, you realize that Jesus, the words of Jesus, are the words of the Father. This is God speaking to us through Jesus. So not just what Jesus said in this gospel, but in every gospel, everything Jesus said, he's speaking on behalf of the Father. And one of the big things is, don't worry, especially about tomorrow. It doesn't mean don't be concerned. It means don't worry. Don't be afraid that God's not going to give you what you need to get through whatever it is that you're going through. Trust Him. Hearing and responding to the Lord. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Let's continue to try to do that, to hear the God's Word and to respond. Well, we are just about out of time. I want to let you know, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. If you want to find out more, have any questions, also please head on over to followingthetruth.com and sign up for my daily email reflection. Check out Give Up Worry for Lent. Um, And again, we're going to get started with that in just a few weeks. As always, I'm praying for you, and I would ask you to keep praying for me and my family as well. We really could use it. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.